This episode of Relativity is made possible through the support of Stephen and Catherine Farris, Bill Cariola, Barry Heap, Paul Van Bremen, and Michael W. McClure, and by listeners like you, who support us and get exclusive content through patreon.com slash relativity. Relativity. Episode 52, in which Lewis has some answers. Mr. Anstey, other people may not believe you, but on this mission we sometimes believe six impossible things before breakfast. Hey, do the looking glass. Okay, I like this guy. Thank you for staying on, Chris. Are you kidding? I'm not going anywhere. Lewis, you went offline so quickly, we feared the worst. What, you thought my old enemies finally got their revenge? I was just... You might not understand, but when you told me what you told me, it was just a little bit much, you know. I had to sign off. I had to go sit down. I got pretty damn dizzy there for a minute. Oh, you have a medical condition? No, no. Uh, just think of it this way, all right? For more than ten years, I've been talking and writing and being laughed at and being called crazy. And then somebody tells me they had the exact experience that I always said was possible. You were suddenly vindicated. I'm telling you. It was like you told me I won the Nobel Prize or something. The room started spinning and I... I had to disconnect. I had to go lie down. Understandable, but you're feeling better now. Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I have friends here who, uh, they gave me a little drink of, uh, the people here have a still that's been running for something like 200 years, and what drips out of it, man, it will knock your socks off. Flight director, do you need a private line? Oh, no, Marcus, please stay. Uh, Louis, this is my data specialist one, Marcus Dupree. Any data specialist is a friend of mine. Thank you, sir. Uh, my engineer friend, Pritvia Min, wanted to listen in as well. Oh, just to listen, not to interrupt. Uh, this is getting kind of crowded. Can you both stay on the line, but, um... Keep our mouths shut, definitely. It will be done. I apologize for this, Mr. Ensty. Contrary to popular myth, I am neither a recluse nor a hermit, and I enjoy the company of other highly intelligent people. We'll try to live up to that. And the timing is perfect, because we just had a, um... Another instance of the phenomenon we're trying to understand. And Marcus and Prithvi were witnesses. So was I, you know. Oh, and so was my mother. Oh, Mama, can you go... You talk to this man. I will sit down over here and listen. Okay, you're killing me with the suspense. What the hell happened that you gotta ask me about? The thing we described before, with the plants and the insects and, and everything... Synchronizing In the rainforest on Earth and in the forest we have here on the ship, trillions of kilometers apart. I can tell you what I think, but it means going back a ways. You have our undivided attention. Well, to say the very least. Prithvi. You know, I came to the agency as an engineer, right? I was recruited to come work on your ships, the first ships that would carry people to another star system, to a distant planet. And they wanted me because I had done work and research and published and all that. All on material stresses that could be caused by high-velocity encounters with various forms of energy. That's how I first heard of you. Your book on interstellar radiation was essential. I I wouldn't have gotten my doctorate without understanding it. I love that. It's so good to hear. So maybe I'm preaching. 
preach it to the choir a little bit, but when they did those first short-range missions, short-range, they called it, right? Out of the damn solar system and back again. Project Luminary. Luminary, right. How could I forget? Uh, I've never heard of it. Secret. Big secret. I think because they expected it to fail. I'm not kidding. I've gotten the same impression. I think they were surprised it all worked as well as it did. There were a lot of variables first ship made by human hands that would accelerate to anything close to the speed of light and of course the very first relativity compensator and we've been told that some of the people on that first flight came back with uh right it drove them kind of nuts it did some of them recovered some never really did but here's my point the ship was covered inside and out with sensors and collectors we wanted to know everything the ship went through and came in contact with, right? Of course. And that, genius girl, was the day when our understanding of what has been called dark energy changed ever so slightly. We went from knowing next to nothing, like we have ever since 1990, to knowing slightly more than nothing. You're gonna have to help me out here. Dark energy is the term applied to the as-yet-understood force that apparently permeates the entire universe and causes space to expand at an accelerating rate. Right out of my book! What a memory you got! If I remember correctly, you prefer the term cosmological constant. You gotta pick your battles, honey. That name is just too damn hard to say. So dark energy is what's stuck. But I hate the name. It makes it sound evil or something. Yeah, dark energy. Yeah, but, uh, but what is that? Hold your to- horses. I'm getting to that. The people on board that ship, they looked out. They saw all of the time and space at once. They freaked out. This much you know. But their plants and animals on board also got weird. But in a good way. They kind of imitated the behavior of plants and animals back on Earth. They slept at the same time. They'd wake up at the exact same time. They'd make the same noises at the same time. Whoa. Amazing. Incredible and never publicly announced. People on board, they did it too. Talked to their families back home and found they'd finished each other's sentences. They'd make the same jokes at the same time. That's exactly what Sylvia and I were doing. Not surprising to me in the least. But why? How does any of this make sense? It all comes down to this. What they call dark energy, it must be like... Some people say you have to think of it like a web. A web with strands as long as the universe and that stretch in all directions and go through every conceivable point in existence. Well, that wouldn't be a web. That would be a solid mass. (laughs) It's a metaphor, all right? Don't push it too far. There's a strand of that web running through the plants up there on your ship and the plants there in Puerto Rico, and it runs through you, genius girl, and runs through Dr. Chris out there, too. This is the point at which I begin to have difficulty with this. Same here. Well, it's not like I didn't warn you. Because, see, everything isn't always connected, is it? I mean, all plants everywhere aren't always dancing together. Sophie and I don't share feelings and experiences every minute of the day. Well, here's what I think. You want to know what I think? Yes. Yes. Everything that lives seeks the means for its own survival, right? Sometimes it overlooks food that's right nearby. Sometimes we walk blindly past something we need to survive. So these strands of energy, these lovely little ribbons of light, we overlook them. Even if that's that's the explanation, it doesn't tell... Sophia, I'm going to tell him. Go ahead. It's time. We've been hearing voices. Oh, yeah. That's no surprise. Good voices? Well, I'm hearing someone I adored and who committed suicide. And I've heard my father, and he's dead too. Really loved him though, right? Oh, yes. That all makes sense to me. Look, this is this is just what I think. Uh, okay.
okay. I think there's more to consciousness than we think. And it may be that this whole network, all these strands of energy, they're part of a structure that could itself be conscious. The entire universe? A conscious entity? Prithvi. Why not? Lots of scientists are now thinking that any sufficiently complex system can be conscious. One of the people on my ship was talking about exactly that. Not not too long ago. See, I'm not making this up. I have to draw a medical analogy. I'm sorry, but it, it, it seems to me that you're saying that these strands of energy and the objects they connect are like, um, to me, that sounds like they're the axons and dendrites in a nervous system, in, in, a, in a brain. Exactly, exactly like but that. But why the voices, and why are the two of us hearing them? Oh, children, children, you're listening to me. I know you are, but you're not thinking fast enough. Look, the two of you are in the perfect situation to get linked up this way. That's why it's happening to you in a way it's never happened to anybody else. Think about this. One of you is on a spaceship hurtling along at about 0.85c, right? Correct. That means you've got the dark energy strands flowing through you night and day. Most people don't have that. Not flowing through them at nearly the speed of light? No, I guess not. And let me ask, where were you on the first time you heard the voices? Oh, well, think back. I was... Good Lord. I was... I was here, in the habitat, surrounded by trees. And dear Sophia, where were you? Outside. I'd gone outside to look at the stars and... And let me guess. Surrounded. Surrounded by trees. See, the complex network of root systems and chemical exchanges and long, long patterns of growth is the perfect conduit for these strands of energy. And today, let me guess, same thing, right? Exactly the same. Oh, and the planet, the, the, the planet Chris is going to. Yeah, see, the light snaps on. We'll illuminate the rest of us. Oh, please, if I may. May okay. I? Go ahead. The one form of life we know to exist on the new world based on our observations. It's trees. The planet's land masses are covered with them. Exactly. And those trees are talking to the darkness trees, which are talking to the trees in the Puerto Rican rainforest. And the energy stream connected with Dr. Chris's brain, and he sent it to you, genius girl, with your trees acting like a giant satellite dish. I'm going to lie down for a little while. You you people keep talking. What's the matter? We going too fast for you? In a word, yes. The, the last time Sophia and I were surrounded by life forms communicating instantaneously, I mean, just, just a, a little while ago, I feel like we had basically wished that into happening. I, I was brooding on something, a painful loss, and she was brooding on a painful loss, and then as it, it felt like a response to that. Okay, so? But, Mr. Anstey, that's that's actual mind over matter. Are you, are you going to say that our conscious, directed thoughts actually altered the stream of dark energy and, 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 and changed our physical reality? Yeah. Got a problem with that? I got lots of problems with that. So, c- could we... C- could we harness this kind of power, this, this energy, to heal the life forms here? To restore the delicate balances? Now that I do not know. Because my trees here are sick. The pollution and the climate change, it's killing them. Same as every other plant on Earth, and I will bet you anything. That's why, when you heard a voice in your head, it was your own mind and memory translating their suffering and grief and loss. Yeah, that's that's right. Yes. That's how it felt. Exactly. The trees are in pain and they cried out to you and you heard that in your father's voice. And doctor, you heard your captain saying it. 
because those are the voices of pain and loss that are always in your mind. Yeah, that feels right to me. <laughs> it does. Yes, um, I feel it too. You are right. That is exactly what happened. Hey, hey, I, I didn't mean to set you guys off crying. This is all just theories, you know. I, I don't know for a fact. I have to be a god to know for sure. Okay, hang on just a minute. The voice as I heard it, she said, you must remain connected. That's right. I heard my father say it too. Well, that's what happened here, isn't it? Before there were humans, this planet was getting along fine. And then we came, and for a long time everything was still fine. Because we were connected. We knew where things came from. We knew it was stupid to piss in the well you drank from. And then we forgot. Yeah, yeah, so you must remain connected. The, the living things were telling us that the... Well, that we killed the Earth because we, we didn't remain connected to how everything works we the, we stopped caring enough about all the vital interconnected systems that made that made it all live hey very nicely put yeah that's the heart of it but but Lois I, I'm, I'm not here where I am in the in the in the habitat on this spaceship the air is clean and the water is pure and nobody cuts down the forest and burns the trees or you know there's we're not I'm not digging carbon out of the ground. Yeah, but you know what I think? You come from a dying planet, and I think the new world can smell you coming. So part of what you heard in your head was coming from where you're going. <sighs> Warning the guy from the ruined planet that I'd better not... What was it you said that got put on the t-shirts? Use the planet like toilet paper. Yeah. Mr. Anstey, Breath I'm sorry, Flight Director, but I must interrupt again. I understand. This interrelation of objects and energy systems throughout the universe, have you explored its potential as a resource for power supply? You mean exploitation? Because if you do... No, 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 no. Just for the use in the way a waterfall turns a water wheel with no harm to the waterfall. The way solar cells collect energy without diminishing the sun. Kid, I don't even know if that's possible. Although my idea is that these streams or strands of energy are moving through the quantum realm, which is still only partially understood, so there may be... Is this perhaps something you and I could discuss further at another time? I mean, just you and I. It is, of course, an arrogant presumption. Yeah, it kind of is, Pritvi. No, no, it's okay, it's okay. I got your frequency info here, so I'll call you, all right? Excellent, sir. Thank you very much. Don't, uh, don't mention it. Man, talking to this kid wears you out. I apologize for my friend, sir. No, it's okay. I just, I get very tired these days. Very tired when I talk too much. We understand, and there's only one I more thing. I got we... for 10 to 12 hours. Of course, well, will you so keep I'll your receipt? i my receiver off, but I'll, uh, reach back out to you folks one of these days. Meanwhile, you people be good to each other, and, you know, like the energy stream told you, remain connected. Prithvi, I had another question I wanted to ask him. For that matter, so did I. Boss, I apologize for adding him to the call. Oh, well, I like that. Calling Louis Anstey was my idea in the first place. <sighs> well, the good news is we can just wait until Louis calls Prithvi, and then we'll all jump in and interrupt his call. Talk about arrogant presumptions. Prithvi, if you have work to do at your station, would you please return to it now? Ah, uh, yes. Returning now to the routine work. I'm really sorry, boss. I'm the one who invited you on, Marcus. Don't worry about it. Thank you. Data offline. Well. Well. You know.
know it's all just theory. I mean, he doesn't have any solid facts. But it does all make sense. I think it does, but I'm also aware that Lewis <laughs> is the kind of guy who, um, well, like one of my med school mentors used to say, uh, uh, that guy could talk the balls off a bigger table. Well, yes. And he's not crazy. Oh, Mama, <gasps> you scared me. <laughs> So unusual to have you sitting here. I know, I... you forgot I was here. I would have done the same. It's nothing to worry. Mrs. Schumacher, what did, what did you think of him? He sounds very wise to me. A lot of that was really out there. Very exotic thinking. Is it? Or has he simply held on to a truth that was known thousands of years ago and then forgotten? Well, I do feel deep down that his, his explanation of you must remain connected it makes perfect sense. At long last, I feel like I understand it. I wish we'd had time to ask him about why are there so many when all is one. Oh, but the meaning of this is obvious. How can you not see this? Relativity, episode 52, in which Lewis has some answers. Written, directed, and produced by Lee Shackelford. Featured in the cast were Alana Jordan, Brian Costin, Clarence Brown, Scotty Moore, Stephanie Lindsay, and Lee Shackelford. Please rate this program and leave a comment about it wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us attract new listeners to share this journey. And find out much more about the series, including ways you can subscribe, hear past episodes, and connect with us through social media, and how you can get exclusive content, all on our website at relativitypodcast.com. Relativity.